good to see everybody today. I hope you're doing well. You guys out there? Yeah, yeah right on. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks for spending your Wednesday with us. Uh, we just finished a series called For You, Page. As we head into, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday season, I wanted to talk just one message about gratefulness. Everybody say gratefulness. You know, um, as you'll see, there should be no other attitude that defines Christians more completely than an attitude of gratefulness. It stinks when you do something for somebody and they're not grateful. Does anybody work in customer service? You do? Where you work? Cavenders. Cavenders. You know what? I would have guessed that. Where's Andrew? Where is Andrew here? Where do you work? Sonic. You listen. I don't know why I think that. I just like to call that out. I used to work my first job. Anybody know? Pop quiz. How well do you know your pastor? My first job after college. Ralph's. Yeah. It was this grocery store in Los Angeles called Ralph's. That's what made me who I am today. And uh, no, seriously, man, the, I got my college degree, and the first thing I did was bag groceries. I went to bagging school. Like, for real, I had to go. They, they paid for me to go to bagging school. And so they would go, beep. Like, I didn't even get to scan them. I don't think y'all know how low on the totem pole. Like, boop, they would scan, and then they'd pass it to me. And then if somebody um, wanted me to, I would have to load their groceries in their car. And I normally like doing it, right? Because, like, you know, elderly women would be like, will you load my groceries? And I'd be like, nah, no, that's fine. I'd be like, of course. Uh, a lot of times moms with kids would want me to load their groceries, and I did it with a happy heart. But there was this one guy, like, jacked. I mean, like, huge, looked really healthy, just like a strapping young buck. And he looked at me. And he was just like eyeing me. What's up, Aiden? He was like eyeing me as I was bagging his groceries. And I was like, and he just felt like he wanted to eat me. And so I finally finished him. And he just looked at me and he's like, load him up. And I was like, yes, sir. And that's uh, <laughs> exactly what I said. And so, you know, in my head, I'm like, you know, maybe he has some sort of back problem. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I get to the, the car and I understand now why he wanted me to load him because his trunk was like, tiny. Like there was no way all the groceries should fit in there. So I asked the dude, I was like, you want me to put some of them in the back seat? And he's literally texting like this. And I asked him and he goes like this, absolutely not. And then he just kept texting. And I was like, bro, like in my head, I was like, well, we might break some eggs. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. And so I unloaded it two, three times, like to get it, you know, like playing Tetris. So finally I load them all up. I closed the trunk and I thought that he'd be like appreciative. I thought he'd at least be like, all right, man, have a good day. Something like that. He literally pointed to the basket, and he was like, take it back. And then he left. And I was like, mm, if I was bigger, I'll whoop you. But the Lord didn't. I'm serious. It would have been the last day he visited Ralph's. <laughs> but, but I'm not even going to blame it. It's not even like if the Lord, like, I didn't beat him up because I was a Christian. No, I didn't beat him up because I was small. If I was not small, he would have been... I would have lost my job like a thug. Just playing. Uh, um, anyway, I said that. That was a way too long of a story to say. It is so annoying when you do things for people and they're not thankful. And the story we're looking at today, Jesus heals 10 lepers, not leopards. Some junior high kid was like, leopard? No, lepers. It was a skin disease. And nine of them didn't even say thank you. Nine of them like pointed to the cart and they're like, take it back. And only one was grateful. And so I preached a version of this message two years ago 
but I kind of like redid it. It was on my heart. I love this story. I want to talk to you from the message title, See Yourself as the Samaritan. Help me out. Say, See Yourself as the Samaritan. The story is in Luke 17. It's very powerful. I kind of already told you about it, but Jesus is on his way towards Jerusalem, and it picks up in verses 11 through 13. It says, Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men had leper. I skipped a word. That was my fault. That's not up there? Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Let me just explain just a quick, I'm sure you know what leprosy is, but just a quick little thing. It started as an infection on your skin, and it was spread everywhere, but what a lot of people don't know is it wouldn't just spread wide, it would spread deep. So it would like get into your blood and, and, and your uh, nervous system to the point where like you couldn't feel things. So a lot of times lepers would accidentally self-inflict pain because they had no feeling. Like if you ever gone to the dentist and they numb your cheek and you bite it and it bleeds, but you don't even know. Like lepers, that was their life all the time. Like you can read some crazy stories. Sometimes when I message prep, I get on like these tangents. Like I read the story of this leper in India currently, because it still exists, who grabbed a hammer to start working on construction, but there was a nail in the hammer, and he literally stabbed a hole in his hand and worked the whole day until he passed out with blood because he didn't know. Like, literally, they, they, they couldn't feel anything, and a lot of times their limbs would just get numb and fall off. But uh, it wasn't just a terrible disease. It was contagious, and you probably know this. Like, if they touched people, it was like COVID before COVID. It's like, you, you had it. You're like, ah, you're it. And and so they had to be isolated in these little leper colonies. They couldn't see their families. They didn't have friends. They couldn't have normal jobs. But I think one of the worst parts is they believed back then in Jesus' day, if you had leprosy, it was, it was a judgment from God. They believed that God was mad at you. They believed you did something to deserve this. And so these people lived their whole life thinking God was mad at them. But despite all this terrible lifestyle they had, these 10 lepers call out to Jesus with as much uh, volume as their voices could muster up. They say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And uh, even though they were contagious, even though they thought God was against them, even though they couldn't even go near him, what does Jesus do? He stepped right in. And I'm not going to stay here really a long time, but I feel like when we come to church, what we do, first of all, is just remember what God has done for us. And I feel like it's just a good time to stop and remember that the gospel, the good news is on every page because Jesus risked stepping into their life because they were contagious, but he risked stepping into ours knowing he'd be crucified. He risked stepping into ours knowing that we could not draw near to him either. Ephesians 2 said that we were dead in sin except for the fact that Jesus came into our world too. And so, so Jesus, you see it here, is like a mini version of what he'd do later on for us. Step into our world, forgive us, save us, cleanse us. And the first thing, I'm going to give you three things. And i got to hurry because it's already 8.15. How did that happen? Um, it's my stupid Ralph story. Um, it was. i gotta got to cut it back on the stories. Um, I'm going to give you three reasons to be grateful. And, and the first one is just real simple, and I'm not going to stay long on it. But the first one's this. I have something to be grateful for because when I call, God comes. Help me out. Say, when I call, God comes. Listen. Really quick, 60 seconds. The God we serve is not afraid of our problems. 
The more I, I, I pastor, the more I talk to people who they do not think God can work in their life the same way as other people because of something they have going on. I've done too much wrong, or I don't know enough about the Bible, or I don't really come from a Christian home. I don't really know what's going on. I'm not the kind of person who, and I just want to stop and say, you're not the kind of person who God what? Can't you see the kind of person Jesus came to help? The people other people kicked out, the people that society doesn't think is worth much, the people that have more problems than they know what to do with. But Jesus says, yeah, when those people call, I come every time. So the first thing you need to know is I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you did last week. If you call, the Bible says, call on the name of the Lord and he will answer you. So one reason to be grateful is because when I call, God comes. Now, look what Jesus tells the lepers. Verse 14 says this. And the part you read is very important. The part that I'm going to make my point off is the part you read. So everybody read it. When Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. I love this part, and you got to understand some things. Back then, if you had leprosy and you thought you were cleansed, there was a protocol. You had to go show yourself to the priest. The priest would check your skin out, and he'd either be like, yeah, you're good, and you could assimilate back into society, or he'd be like, nah. You're not good, bro. Go back to the leper colony. So these people are told to go show themselves to the priest, except for one thing. They're not healed yet. The leprosy is still there. Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go show yourself to the priest. And if, if it's like us, right? He's like, go show yourself. We'd be looking at our skin and be like, mm-mm. It's so gross. This makes no sense. But they're desperate. So they go. And do you remember the three words that you read? Okay. And the Bible says, as they went, what happened? They started to be healed. The second thing that I want to tell you is you need to be grateful because as you obey, you're healed. Listen, you have got to learn to do what Jesus says even when it does not make sense. And you got to know that as you do his word, you will see healing come about in your life. You may not be where you want to be. But as you obey the Lord, you start to see healing come about in your life. The word of God is not always logical. A little pop quiz. But we are to be people who walk by faith, not by Because here's the thing. If you live your whole life walking and obeying according to only what your natural eyes can see, then when Jesus tells you to do something, you'll say, oh, it doesn't make sense, Lord, I still have leprosy. And you'll never know what could have happened if you would have stepped out and obeyed him and kept obeying him in the first place. It doesn't always work how you think it's going to work. So, so let me give you some examples of maybe how this works, because hopefully none of us have leprosy in here. But we do all have things that we need to be healed of. So maybe God's like, hey, I'm telling you to, to, to obey me and forgive this person. You know, God, I can't forgive them. My heart still hurts. I got to get my heart healed, and then maybe I'll forgive him. He says, no, you're doing it backwards. You need to learn to obey, and as you forgive, your heart will be healed. God, I can't do what you're telling me to do. I'm too anxious to do it. He's like, no, you need to do what I'm telling you to do. And then, the, listen, I told every other crowd this. If I would have waited to start preaching until I wasn't anxious anymore, I never would have picked up a mic. But God said, no, I need you to go obey me, and I don't care if you're anxious. As you obey me, I'll take care of the anxiety that's in your heart, and I'll show you all the reasons you're anxious that you don't need to be anxious in the first place. Anyways, as you obey, God, why would I go to church? I don't want to go to church. God, I'm still struggling sinning, and God's saying, I know you're struggling sinning, but as you obey me, I'll take care of the problem. The nugget in this story is that deliverance often comes after obedience. Say that. Deliverance often comes after obedience. 
A lot of people think Jesus is outdated, that, that, that God is, you know, some sort of joke. And those people are normally people who have never consistently walked out the word of God in their life for any extended amount of time. The word of God works if you work the word of God. But a lot of times we don't take the medicine and then we blame the doctor. It makes absolutely no sense. When, you're, when, when we all die one day, we're going to look at God and he's going to say, well done. Hopefully he's going to say this. Well done, my good and. Anybody know? Faithful servant. Think about faithfulness. Faithfulness is, is only proven over a long process of doing something. A lot of times God is asking for consistent obedience and we want deliverance before we obey. It doesn't work like that. As they went, they were healed. So start embracing obedience now. And don't, don't just pray, God, heal my family. That's good. But start walking in love forgiveness, grace, even now. And what you'll find is as you keep doing it, the things will start healing themselves because that's just the way the word of God works. Listen, I had a, well, I have a grandmother. I don't know why I'm telling this story, but I just feel like it. Because um, I don't have time. I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, no, this, is, this isn't even a funny story. It's a good story. My grandma was diagnosed with cancer like 25 years ago or something like that. And, uh, the doctors basically told her she had months to live. And so all she needed to do was cling to what she believed in scriptures. And she would literally put note cards with scriptures all over the wall. And, and she would read them and she would just think, no, I'm going to obey God's word. I'm not going to let fear come into my mind. I, I'm going to think on his word. So she would read things like, by his stripes, I am healed. And in all of these scriptures about how, she, how God could heal her cancer when the doctors couldn't. And so she goes back in a month later. And when you're, you know, only have a couple months to live and it's already been a month and they're like, the cancer's still there, which is what they told her, you feel like you're on borrowed time. You're like, oh gosh, one more month. So then she started putting up pictures of herself from when she was healthy. And she would just say, God, I believe you're going to get me back to, to what I looked like when I was there because she was real skinny and, and she was real sick. But she would look at those pictures and think, Lord, I believe you're going to get me back to, to where I was when I was healthy. I'm trusting you to heal me. All this stuff kept obeying, kept obeying. Even when she didn't see results, kept obeying, kept obeying, kept obeying. Went into the doctors and they were like, Miss Dodie, that's her name, Dodie. It's kind of a weird name. Dodie, um, they said, the cancer's still there. I mean, you're still alive, but the time's pretty barred. It got to the point, y'all, where she literally put a Bible on the floor and she stood on the Bible and she said, Lord, I don't know what else to do. So I'm literally standing on your word because all I know is that if I keep following you and I keep obeying and I keep doing it, even when it's dark, I, I believe, God, that that eventually you're going to come through for me. And so anyway, she goes in to the doctor and uh, they do all the tests. And the doctor said, Ms. Odie, I really don't know what to tell you or how to explain it, but your cancer is completely gone. That was 25 years ago. She's still alive today. But what she always tells me, she always tells me that. You know, I understand. I, I can't go into all of it. But what she always tells me is just never get tired of doing what you know is right. Because you'll never regret continually doing what you know is right. Whatever the outcome would have been in her life, she would have never regretted continually doing what she knew to be right. And so I just encourage you today, when Jesus gives you a word and it doesn't make sense, Jesus doesn't need to make sense to you to work in your life. You just need to obey what he's telling you to do. And you'll see that as you obey you will see healing come about in your life. But don't not obey the doctor and then get mad you're still sick.
Because the word of God works when you work the word of God. Now, how does the oh, time? Eight twenty-four. What uh? What happens to the ten lepers? Well, we we don't really know what happens. Nine of them are, you know, they go about their life, but one of them was different. One of them came back. One of them was thankful. The Bible says it like this, verse fifteen through nineteen. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, were not the ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Were there not any found to return and give God glory except for this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise, go on your way. Your faith has healed you. Now, there's so much that I could say about this. But here's the main thing I want to point out to you. This guy, think about you're getting cleansed of leprosy. How many priorities would you have? You'd want to see your family. You'd want to go say hi to your friends. You might want to start looking for a job. And this guy ha has the, the nerve to shelve all of his priorities and say, before I do any of that, I got to go back and I got to say thank you. And I just read that story and I'm like, man, I wouldn't have done that. If I'm just being honest, I would have been so happy to see all my loved ones. How do I get a heart that is that thankful to where I can put everything else, all of my priorities on the shelf and say, first, let me go thank Jesus. And there's a couple clues that the Bible gives you as to why he did this. And I can't go over the first one, but I'm going to tell you the second one. When Jesus refers to him in verse 18, Jesus says something weird. He says, we're not any found to return except this foreigner. That word is never again used in the Bible. The only place we know it's ever used was on the Jerusalem temple. When you'd walk in to go see the priest, it had a big sign that said, no foreigners allowed. It meant unholy. It meant pagan. It meant defiled. So you got to understand, this man was literally told to go show himself to a priest in the temple, and he's walking, and he's getting healed. But on his way, he starts to think, wait, I have, <laughs> I have nowhere to go. They're not going to let me in there. I'm a foreigner. I'm a pagan. I, I'm defiled in their eyes. I have no other option. I'm desperate. So he turns back to Jesus because he realized Jesus was his only option. And I guess what I'm saying is the only way to have a true grateful heart is when you've lived enough to know I got nowhere else to turn. Jesus is my only option. I got nowhere else to go. I've tried other people. They've let me down. I've looked for satisfaction in this place, this place, this place. But often the thing that is, comes right before true gratefulness is understanding true desperation. Knowing <laughs> I'm nobody without God. I have nowhere else to go. And when you have a heart like that, something happens. Let me reread these verses and show you something different. Verses 17 through 19 says this. We're not the ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? This is Jesus talking. Where are the other nine? Were there not any found to return and give glory to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise, go on your way. Your faith has healed. But that says sozo. Does it say sozo up there? It doesn't say sozo in parentheses? Yeah. It says your faith has healed you. That word, healed, in the Greek, it's sozo, the original language. It doesn't mean like healed like their skin. It means like saved, salvation. You're not going to hell. You are now, you know, saved, whatever we... So, so I need you to think about this. Nine of those lepers were healed, but only one of them was saved. Nine of them got a temporary solution to their earthly problem. Not one of them realized who he was without Jesus, had a grateful heart, and that day received salvation. 
Only that man was saved. So the last thing I want to say is this. Be grateful because number three, if you're desperately grateful in your heart, then you're saved. Gratefulness that causes you to put God before everything else in your life, that is a sign of salvation. And you know what the scariest implication of this story is? Is that you can experience healing on the outside and still not be saved on the inside. And there's so many people, I don't know if it's going to be over your head, but as you get older, you'll see this. There are so many people that follow godly principles but aren't falling in love with God. Meaning this, maybe there's some guy that lives by the godly principle of diligence. And so he works hard and his business is going good. And there's health on the outside, but Jesus isn't really a savior. So despite the health on the outside that, yes, obeying the word of God can do in your life, there's still not salvation in the inside because he's not desperately grateful and he doesn't know who he is apart from Christ. There's a very big difference between being healed and having the benefits of God. God is so good to us all the time, every day. And so many people experience what those nine lepers experienced when they were given, you know, health and, and all this stuff. But so many of us are not thankful for it like the one who was actually saved. So my, my ending question, it's kind of sobering, says, are you in the nine or are you like the one? How do we become grateful? We learn to see ourselves as that Samaritan. And we constantly keep reminding ourselves to do so. Whenever we forget it, we, we remind ourselves, but man, I know who I am apart from Jesus. I know who I am apart from Jesus. And it's humbling. But it's good because it leads to gratefulness. And ultimately, this Thanksgiving holiday, little recap, be grateful. Because number one, when you call, God comes. Number two, as you obey, you're healed. But number three, if you're desperately grateful, then you're saved. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you. Lord, let us not just be stagnant in our faith. Let us not be ungrateful. God, let us be so grateful for everything that you're doing in our life. Let us know who we are apart from you and know that we have no other option but you. Hey, while we stay in this attitude of prayer, I have two questions for you. Two questions really quick. Here's the first one. If you're in here and you're like, man, Pastor G, the truth is I've been coming to church, but I don't know if I've ever really made Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. But today, when you were talking or during the worship or at some point, I know that there's something going on and, and it's telling me that I really need to give my life to God. I don't know if I were to take my last breath where I'd spend forever, if I would spend it in heaven or in hell. But today, I want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. If that's you, on the count of three, would you just raise your hand? One, two, three. Awesome. See that hand, see that hand, see that hand. If you're in here and you say, Pastor G, the truth is at one point, I was a believer, and I was following God, but I haven't been. My priorities are so out of line, and today I know that I need to recommit my life to Jesus. If that's you, on the count of three, you say, yeah, that's me. I need to start a new chapter and rededicate my life to him tonight. On the count of three, would you just raise your hand? One, two, three. Awesome, 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 awesome. Well, let's do this. Put your hand on your heart and repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner but I know you're a savior. Thank you for loving me when I didn't care about you. Thank you for running me down when I was running away. Make me new, and if I fall, give me the grace to get back up. Put people in my path who will lead me towards you. I believe that you are Lord. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, give a hand clap to the people that prayed that prayer.